United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. Hello, everybody. I am Dean Linky. Delighted to be with you. We have a big show and also this week a big announcement coming from United Soccer Coaches. And I want to start with that. United Soccer Coaches announced a new partnership with Verizon earlier this week. The multi-year partnership will make the technology giant the official innovation, wireless technology, and 5G partner of the association. The partnership kicked off earlier this year at the 2020 convention in Baltimore with the new innovation hub sponsored by Verizon, where companies had the ability to showcase new soccer technology to convention attendees through product demonstrations and unique branded kiosks. Verizon will become the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches College and High School Rankings, as well as the From the Training Ground Weekly Educational Email Toolkit curated by the United Soccer Coaches Education Department. Verizon's support of United Soccer Coaches will allow the association to continue its mission of providing programs and services that enhance, encourage, and contribute to the development and recognition of soccer coaches, their players, and the game we love through the pillars of advocacy, education, and service. And it's with all those pillars that we bring you today's show and the great news from Verizon. We've got a power pack show. We start with Marcelo Antonelli, who is an immigrant who's found his way and now is the author of Soccer Powered by Futsal. He's got a website. He's got a book. He's got a YouTube channel, Soccer Powered by Futsal. And he's also got a message for other immigrants in this country. Boy, what a great time for that. Marcelo Antonelli will kick it off. Beyond Verizon, United Soccer Coaches has so many great partners. One of them is Beyond Pulse. Of course, you've heard of Beyond Pulse, a great way to track the movement of your players. We'll learn all about Beyond Pulse from one of their co-founders, former Man U player. This guy is legendary, Mark Wilson, as well as the very accomplished Tom Shields, who's the Global Director of Club Development and Coach Education for Beyond Pulse. Mark and Tom will be in segment two. Then we wrap up the show, meeting two more members of our 30 Under 30 class, Sarah Brink and Micah Collins. We start with Marcelo Antonelli after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with TeamSnap. Go to TeamSnap.com slash NSCAA1. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. As you know, if you've listened to this show in previous weeks, I'm a big fan of Julio Serrano, who's the United Soccer Coaches Latino Coaches Advocacy Group Chair. Julio reached out. He's like, Dean, you got to talk to my main man, Marcelo Antonelli. And I said, why? He said, well, he's an author. He said he's got a bachelor's degree in physical education and a master's degree in education. He played college soccer in Brazil, followed by professional football in Italy. After playing in Italy, he moved to the USA where he coached at the NTA Division I level for 10 years. 
along with coaching for ODP in various clubs. He's obtained the national, advanced national, and premier licenses from United Soccer Coaches, so he is indeed a friend of the association, and we're here to find out about this great book, Soccer Powered by Futsal. We've had Keith Tozer on before. You know that I love the game, and here he is, Marcelo Antonelli. Welcome to the show, Marcelo. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. Well, first off, before we get to the book, Julio Serrano, I tell you, when you got somebody backing you like him with his kind of energy, that's a good person behind you. <laughs> yeah, Jude is great. I'm so happy, you know, to have met him and all the, his hard work for the Latino advocacy group. Uh, there's great people there, like Frank as well, Coach Pedro Oliveira and Coach Art for the job they're having, you know, leading their groups, trying to produce things, trying to, to guide people to opportunities. So it's been great to participate on that. Well, one of the things I love about you being on, and Julio said it in an email to me, he said that uh, Marcelo Antonelli is another great example of a Latino immigrant coming to this country and succeeding with the help of United Soccer Coaches. you got to be proud of what you've accomplished, right? Yeah, it's definitely great, you know, when you're able to come from different cultures, speaking a different language, and have opportunities, you know, in my case, be able to to follow the passion of my life, or the true passion, which I put style in soccer, and have a career in that area that you love, and try to help make a difference uh, in the life of the people that you coach or you're having contact with. So, yeah, definitely a great feeling. As an immigrant, you know what's going on in our country right now, the issues with DACA and everything else. When you sit back right now, knowing that you're here in the United States, what does it mean to you? It, it, it's definitely a tough time. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are suffering from it. At the same time, it brings me hope that things can get everybody every time better. I hope people will understand that, you know, we are all in the same planet. We are all the same species. You know, we have all the same uh, capacities. Everyone is your unique set of talents, of capacities. Also, I really wish it was not like that. I really wish we could, you know, peacefully, peacefully evolve and 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 respect each other better and get a better world. That's not how it's happening. But I, I really hope that's going to maybe be a necessary step to achieve a higher level of interrelationship among us. So I like to be op- optimist. I like to, to hope that it's all going to bring a better world for us all. So let's talk about your path. As we already said, you had great success playing professional football in Italy from 2001 to 2007. That's a nice run. What made you decide to come to the United States? Prior to going to Italy, I was in Brazil coaching futsal and soccer. And I was in a very good youth club, Guarani Futebol Club. And we sent like 20 to 40 girls to the United States to play soccer in college. So I had a very pretty good idea of how things would work here. And I was already studying to be a coach. So I was in physical education uh, major in Brazil, studying to be a coach, but then I decided to go to Italy to play. So once I was done playing Italy, that was my next go. You know, I want a different challenge, go to the United States, learn a different language, get a further education there, and see if a career coaching there would work. So I kind of had a plan even before I went to Italy. So you spent some time coaching at the college level. I believe now you're coaching at the youth level. Just walk us your path in the United States, where you coached and where you are now, and then we'll get to your book. So um, as soon as I was done in Italy playing, I started to apply for college coaching jobs in America. So my first work, and I was there for eight years, 
was at St. Francis University. It's a Division One school in Pennsylvania. It's a small private school uh, playing the Northeast Conference. So I was there for 80 years. I had a great time, a great run. Brenda Van Stralling was the head coach. Um, we had good success, you know, in our conference, developing players. And then in 2015, uh, Dwyer Kaufman invited me to come to UC Davis. So I was coaching here um, in California between 2015 to 2018. When I decided to leave college because my daughter was born, and that Kate um, started coaching youth soccer to, you know, to write this book and to do everything I'm doing right now with soccer power by football. Marcel, that leads us to this book. We had Keith Tozer on a month or so ago. Anson Dorrance also swears by the power of football and how it helps his players at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Soccer powered by football. What was your inspiration to write this book? How long did it take? When is it out? Where can we find it? Give us all the goodies. So when you arrived in the United States to coach soccer, um, I was just left. I had just left Italy, and when you started coaching, I realized, you know, like all the the great things American players could do, but also some things were lacking in terms of movement of the ball, in terms of reading of the game, in terms of the perception of the game in general. And it did not take much for me to realize that futsal could be a great tool to develop those aspects of the game that for me were very so normal, but I was not seeing much in the field around here. So since that, which was 2007, during my entire college coaching career, I've been using futsal concepts and strategies to help develop uh, my college teams. Basically, I realized after all those years that the perception that people have about futsal here is not how it should be. So for many people, like, there are so many misconceptions. If, if I talk to another college coach and say, hey, I have those futsal concepts that can help on a soccer field. Probably many people would roll their eyes and say, sorry, but futsal is for little kids. Or futsal is about juggling the ball, you know, and doing crazy stuff with the ball. Um, there's a very narrow view about the possible benefits that futsal can provide to soccer. And, of course, there's also different ways that you can use these concepts from futsal or futsal high-level strategies and apply them on the soccer field. So, of course, it's a little different if you talk about grassroots or youth club or professional in college. Are there different ways that you can actually use futsal or the concepts of these strategies on the soccer field? So, it's all, you know, was in my mind for all those years to the point I said, you know what, I need to put all this information together. Um, every time I was talking to someone, trying to explain, people would come to me and ask questions about it. I thought the best way is to write a book about it, put all this information together. So when my daughter was born, I said, that's the time. You know, I'm going to stay home during the day. I'm going to be coaching youth soccer. And every single time I have free during the day, I'm going to be writing this book. So it was really over a year doing this. You know, put 200 pages together, 100-something figures in the book, trying to explain the entire idea. So it was a long process, and that's just to try the book. So next thing I had to do, um, I had to make people understand what was in there or advertise that a little bit. So I started to build my social media. So I have this website, soccerpoweredbyfutsal.com. And then I create, you know, always with the same name, Soccer Powered by Futsal. I have a Facebook page, um, a YouTube channel, an Instagram account. 
And I try to show like clear samples of the transfer between the two sports. So first they start to like professional team. You know, like you can see Man City doing something or Liverpool or whatever, those bigger clubs doing that. And then you can see the same thing at the high level of futsal. Whatever is like a strategy to use in the outside of the field or some way to connect with your target play or a rotation in the midfield or weight play out of the back. So how those futsal strategies that are very normal are things that when you watch soccer, are those things that people are watching this high-level game and say, wow, what a great play. It came from nowhere. And then watching it and say, well, it was a great play. But that's part of normal futsal strategies. So that was a way to start to, you know, to show those things. That's when, like, Keith Tozer, for example, watching one of those videos and start to follow the page and the things I was doing. And I'm really glad that he gave me the opportunity, you know, to go talk to him uh, in his podcast and in the Coach Summit and other opportunities to try to explain to people, like, all those different ways that futsal can help, you know, change the game here in the United States. Um, so that's where I am right now. Keep developing those things, different, different ways to show that. Uh, you can find the book in the website. There is a section there, you know, soccer5futsal.com. It goes slash book. You can find the big PDF of the book to buy there. But there's also many different articles that go in the blog, in the blog, explaining different concepts. Or if you go to the YouTube channel, Soccer Power of Futsal, there's many different videos like showing what I was just talking about. So there's many different ways, you know, for you to get some information about it. Soccer Powered by Futsal, there's a book, there's a website, there's YouTube. Say that website one more time because it sounds like we can order the book there, we can get to the YouTube channel there, we can do everything we need to do to be powered by Futsal. Say that website one more time for me, please, Marcelo. Soccer Powered by Futsal.com. And we're also um, developing a course right now because uh, since I started it, so many coaches got interested and started to talk to me, hey, let's, let's do something to even help us explain more. So in a couple months, we hope to have it ready. So the course, not, it's not like a futsal course. It's a futsal to soccer course. So we're working on that. It's very good professionals uh, here in the Silicon area. Uh, we're really looking forward to have it done. Um, it's great if he's told her, you know, finish his course now for futsal. So we have another resource there. So, you know, we're working on, on trying to, to show to all the codes in America all the possibilities that you have in this area. Two more quick questions. This one is for the quick sound bite, Marcelo, and that is if you only had a minute or a couple sentences to describe how futsal can help a soccer player, boy or girl, man or woman, at any level, how would you use that minute? It can develop all aspects of the game. The technical skills, the way you handle the ball, it can test the way you connect, the way you see opportunities to connect. So if you learn the one-two in soccer, you go to futsal, you're going to learn the one-two, but the middle is closed, they have the parallel. That spec is closed as well. You make a change of direction you run, and you have a diagonal. It can help you make actions together with your teammates. So you don't think just about yourself, but you read everything around you, you act and react it together. So on defense, the same thing. As opposed to just do your own defense thing, you get used to defend as a team. Whatever is a high line and no line of confrontation, all the specs, all the principles of the game of soccer can be well developed in football. And finally, to close, we started the show talking about the great Julio Serrano and also your ties to United Soccer Coaches. As you think about what 
this organization has meant to you as an immigrant who has found his way, now an author of a book. What does United Soccer Coaches mean to you, Marcelo? I, I love the, the principles of the organization. I love how they are open to different ideas, to different styles, to different nationalities. Um, you know, we used to do all the courses, the national, the transnational, the premier. It was such a rich experience, not just for everything you're learning, but the people you're relating to, exchanging ideas, completely different backgrounds, and then you're all there together, um, you know, exchanging different ideas. All the, all the teachers I had were very open-minded in terms of, you know, they had so much knowledge, but at the same time, they were gathering from everybody who was participating, like new ideas, new different ways to see the game. So, United Soccer Coach was always a, a good platform to connect, to meet, to learn. And besides, the conventions was always fun. You know, I always had a, a blast, a great time in the conventions, uh, with all the lectures, um, learning a lot, going out. And at the end of the day, I, at the end of the convention, I always played at the 4 before 4 tournament. It was always a lot of fun. Well, we hope to see you in California. We're headed your way this January for the convention, Marcelo. Please make sure you come by Podcast Row so we can interview you in person. Thanks for all you're doing. We're so proud to have you with the Latino coaches and also writing this book. Marcelo, an honor to have you on the podcast. The order was definitely mine. Congrats for the great work. You know, it's been a week listening to me in your podcast. They're amazing. Great job, and I hope to see you there. All right, Marcelo, I'll see you there. And I'm, in the meantime, I'm going to order that book. I love futsal. I love what you guys are doing with the game. So all the best, Marcelo. Take care of that beautiful family of yours. Thank you very much. You too. Take care. Great stuff, Marcelo. When we come back, we'll meet a couple of fine gentlemen with Beyond Pulse. The Beyond Pulse idea was born out of a desire to help coaches better understand the health and performance of their players with coaching education at the center. The core strength of Beyond Pulse lies with the unique team of people who are both experts in their field and passionate about achieving the Beyond Pulse mission. We'll learn about that mission when we... Being a coach means being a lot of things. Mentor, teacher, role model, motivator, leader, organizer. Of course, it's not easy to be all of those things. You need help, and who better to help you than an association of fellow coaches. Membership with United Soccer Coaches includes access to over $500 worth of e-learning courses, an improved online resource library with more than 1,000 activities, session plans and articles, $1 million worth of liability insurance, and a whole lot more. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org join and start your free 30-day introductory membership today. United Soccer Coaches, your association, for all things coaching. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap, Dean Linky with you. You know, youth sports should be a place of learning about the game, about character, about communication. Beyond Pulse helps coaches excel as teachers by providing them with resources and support to show their teams how to play intelligently. And here to talk about the Beyond Pulse system, the Beyond Pulse idea, which, by the way, was born out of a desire to help coaches better understand the health and performance of their players. With coaching education at the center, the core strength of Beyond Pulse lies with the unique team of people who are both experts in their field and passionate about achieving the Beyond Pulse mission. We are so pleased to be joined by their co-founder, Mark Wilson, as well as Tom Shields, who's the Global Director of Club Development 
and coaching education. We'll get more into their bios in just a moment. But first, let me say hi to Mr. Wilson and Mr. Shields. Thanks for being on the program. Absolute pleasure, Dean. Thank you for having us. Likewise, Dean. Thank you. All right. Outstanding. Mark, a former professional soccer player who carved out a 16-year professional playing career. Notably, a major highlight is a seven-year spell at Man United. Starting as a 14-year-old youth player, went on to make 10 first-team appearances in the Premier League Champions League World Club Cup before being sold to Middlesbrough FC for £1.5 million in the summer of 2001. He has also represented England at every level from U15 up to and including U21s. Mark also experienced the U.S. soccer revolution during his spell at FC Dallas from 2005 to 2007 before retiring in 2013 to become a director of coaching for a New York-based youth soccer club. That's just the beginning of an impressive bio. To me, the biggest thing, though, about you, Mark, is the co-founder of Beyond Pulse. Why did you want to do this? Hmm. I I think the key word is why, Dean. When I was asked by the two other co-founders, Marc-Andre Mai and Michael Sopp, to to think about how we could get wearable technology on young players across the USA, I was skeptical uh, when they told me the why. And the why is to help coaches become more self-reflective, to plan better, to be more conscious about creating the best possible environment for their players. I was in immediately, and that ultimately is our why. All right, I love it. Great to have you on. And also, we mentioned Tom Shields, the Global Director of Club Development and Coaching Education. He's been at Leeds Beckett University for a lot of his academia work. He holds an MSc in Sport and Exercise Psychology and an undergraduate degree in Sports Coaching alongside a plethora of formal coaching qualifications, a U.S. Soccer A license, a U.S. National Youth License, a United Soccer Coach Premier Diploma, as well as the Director of Coaching Diploma, an FA Youth Award, LMA, Developing a Culture of Excellence, and so much more. You presented as well at the convention. So I'm guessing, Tom, when it came time to get your take on, hey, let's partner with United Soccer Coaches, and it was an easy choice for you. Very easy choice, Dean. Been fortunate to grow up, obviously, formally around the NSCAA and now United Soccer Coaches for for the 10 years that I've been here in the US. And after going through, obviously, all of the formal education pathway and and then fortunate enough to be invited onto the staff as an associate national staff coach, that the opportunity to, to be able to extend the education that we can afford our members through this partnership was something that was a no-brainer for, for any of us. And make no mistake, Mark, as the co-founder, you have to be very strategic in who you pick to partner with. Why United Soccer Coaches? I think the depth of experience in, in the coach education piece for us, you've got people like Ian Barker and Vince Gansberg amongst just two names of many that we really felt that we had to get connected to uh, because of their broader network and because of the broader network of United Soccer Coaches and the reach you have into that coach education field. Well, for us, I think this is the biggest coaching network in the world globally and the amount of, I think, ideas and concepts that have been created and built and developed and moved into different realms of soccer just seemed like a perfect fit for uh, for a startup company like Beyond Pulse to really use their strengths to complement what the USC do. And in turn, the USC certainly highlights some of our attributes in what we're trying to do. Dean, if it's okay, I, I would add to that, Mark, just by saying the biggest thing that, that struck me as a candidate, and certainly many of the others, was that United Soccer Coaches was built on the, on the premise of being a coaching organization built by coaches for coaches. Mm-hmm. And, and that resonates deeply with, with what Beyond Pool stands for, which is obviously, you know, to, to be a, 
a product built by coaches for coaches. So the synergy is immediate. Obviously, the, the why and the, the mission statements of both are, are, are very, very similar. So there's a, a great degree of synergy between, between the two organizations. Make no mistake, and I want you both to comment on this statement. Now more than ever during this pandemic, we need to realize how important athlete-centered training environments will be when we are finally allowed to be back properly. This will certainly complement your emphasis on active participation and coaches giving the game back to the kids, especially after so long without it, how to create them, why they're important. Sometimes you don't need to say anything other than that at Beyond Pulse, one of your driving values is achieving this. So really, it's not a sales plug, it's what you do. It is certainly at the core of, of who we are and why we do what we do. And just to give a little explanation of active participation, it, it, it is our trademark metric. And it measures how a coach plans, how he delivers, how many times does he step in to talk, how long does he talk for, has he planned his transition from activity to activity smoothly, so players are getting more time on task for the entire practice. And we measure that in a, in a percentage for the overall group and in an individual percentage for each player. So you can see if there are any outliers, and you can also see how your delivery affected the flow and rhythm of your session. So it's a really key kind of core metric for us. And we feel it can be a really key core metric to help coaches get better, self-reflect and, and improve day to day. Tom, can you add to that? Yeah, I think obviously Willow's, Willow's nailed it. I think it just goes into, you hear a lot within the coaching community about cliche and jargon, but AP is designed to avoid lines, laps and lectures. It's designed to, to position players in a place where they can enjoy the game and not come to a practice session and listen just simply to a, a coach transfer his or her knowledge and, and be at the center of, of what should be their learning experience and their playing experience. You know, players typically have come to soccer practice to play soccer, right? And all we're trying to do is, is provide a unique tool through which club coaches, technical leads, directors of coaching can encourage their players to, uh, their staff, sorry, to, to deliver and design practice sessions that afford players that opportunity. It seems easy, it seems simplistic, but as maybe Willow could dive into a little bit later, you know, when we first started doing this, Dean, we would survey the results that we got back from clubs across the US. And one of the questions we often ask is, coaches will always suggest they want more time with their players at every level of the game. Our question is, what are they doing with the time that they do have? And some of the, the recordings that Mark collected over you know, his journeys across America kind of resulted in, in clubs demonstrating maybe that players are active for 54%, 55%, 57% of sessions. So in essence, we're wasting almost half the time that we have with our players. AP is designed to, to make sure that coaches and, and club directors can give the game back to them. It's, and it's as simple as that. And, and obviously what we hope it will encourage is, you know, a greater enjoyment and love affair of of their experience with the game and we'll keep them in it for longer. And I, and I think we all can attest to that being one of the driving missions of behind coaches being in the game and, and the two organizations that we're referencing today doing what they do. So Let's not wait for that dive, Mark. Let's dive in right now to what Tom was saying. Let's not wait. Go ahead and, and dive in. I think ultimately we want AP to be used as a resource tool for coaches it will allow directors of coaching to really zone in on, on coaches that need support and guidance based on the methodology and the philosophy of the club 
in how they want sessions delivered and their curriculum delivered. And we produce very easy to, to read reports automated for DOC. So they can scan an entire week or month's practices. And because everything's color coded, you can see very dark oranges, low active participation rolling into very dark green, high active participation. You can immediately see where you need to put your time. And if you're an STA, i.e. where Tom's at or a Midwest United and you have 40, 50 teams in, in our product, which they do, the same way if you have a thousand players within your club, how do you bring equity to all of those ages and ability level groups? to make sure that one, you have player retention at the end of the year from a business perspective, but more importantly, you have the same level of experience for player and parent and coach as well across the board. So it's very easy for a coach to, a director of coaching or TD, to use the system or use the automated reports to help him know where to put his time and use active participation in our product as a resource to support the, the growth and development of the coaches. We are beyond delighted to be with the co-founder of Beyond Pulse, a partner with United Soccer Coaches, that's Mark Wilson, as well as Tom Shields, the Global Director of Club Development and Coach Education, also for Beyond Pulse. I'm going to read something that you've already heard, but sometimes words are just words, but it's the founders and it's the Global Directors of Club Development that can make the words mean something. So here I go again, and then I want Mark and Tom to jump in on what that means to you. Youth sports should be a place of learning about the game, about character, about communication. Beyond Pulse will help coaches excel as teachers by providing them with resources and support to show their teams how to play intelligently. When you hear that and it's right on your website, what does it really mean? For me, it really, really means that we have to put the player at the center of the learning journey. So when we talk about game intelligence, when we talk about soccer IQ, when we talk about tactical, technical development, more importantly, the, I think the psychological, social piece is really critical. Players know where they are within a group, just to give a real world example. They know whether they're at the top end, know whether they're, whether they're a late developer or not, or whether they're middle of the pack in any given team or group. I think what active participation and, and our, our platform does is bring equity to the entire group. So when a coach is delivering a practice, he's not looking towards the top end of his group all the time and gauging the success of his planning, his preparation and delivery based on the four or five perceived best players at that point. You also have to bring the late developers in the middle of the group up to that level. And maybe you have to be a little bit cuter, a little bit brighter with how you deliver your practices and how you structure them to bring that player to the center of the learning journey and bring equity to the whole group. So in a long-winded way, I think what's stated on our website, that kind of encompasses it, is the verbiage on the, on the website in, in just putting the player at the center of the learning journey. To be fair, that was not long-winded at all. That was articulated outstandingly. Tom, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I can't promise I'll be as, uh, as articulate as that. I might be a little bit longer, Dean, so I apologize. For me, it goes a little bit deeper. We're very fortunate in the US as professional coaches, as, as youth coaches that are paid full-time to do a job that, that many of their colleagues around the rest of the world would be incredibly envious of. We have a moral obligation to be the best versions of ourselves possible. And I think what AP does is it, is it gives people the opportunity to objectively reflect on their performance. 
And sometimes I think as coaches, there's a reluctance to do it because we could be bought out. I, I look at teachers, Dean, and, and, and I see the four-year degree that's necessary to be able to, to teach. And then I see the, the cultures that are created in a classroom of peer-to-peer -peer reflection and the administrators kind of monitoring and, and, and evaluating in a, in a supportive way. For coaches to be able to deliver, there are no necessary prerequisites. Mark could build a club tomorrow and say, hey, Tom, you want a job? And outside of a friendship or maybe some past, you know, past pedigree, that would be all it takes. And what we're trying to do is, is be able to raise standards. And, and it speaks about the teaching piece because we know if you, if you go back to what I said previously about the game being at the center of everything that we do and the reason why the kids come to play, then it's our responsibility as, as technical leads or as coaches to upskill so that we understand the way that we can deliver in order to facilitate that type of experience being witnessed. We talk now a lot about games-based approaches, about constraints-led approaches, about utilizing a carousel of coaching behaviors to, to allow the player to stay at the center of, of the practice. For us, AP gives a guide as to, to how well, or perhaps unintendedly not well, we've done that. You know, if we haven't planned and prepared appropriately, then our stoppages are going to be lengthier. If we haven't planned and prepared appropriately, then our transitions between activities are going to be lengthier. If we haven't planned and prepared appropriately, then there's going to be a player or four that are out as rotations for a longer period of time than perhaps they need to. The compounding impact of that is that those players that might be isolated or those players that want more time than they currently get in a practice may start to feel disillusioned. They may start to leave the game. And because of some of the, the challenges that people in director level positions have and, and the inability to, to often provide the type of support in service that the, the, their staff coaches need, those issues, they might get bypassed, right? They might get overlooked. And then we're left in a place where, as we've said, though it might seem a small thing, when that's compounded over and over again and people are, are, are leaving the game as a result, that's a problem. We want to change the game. We want to help coaches. We want to provide a tool and, a, and an ability to to enlighten them, to educate them. And obviously a lot of the material that myself and Mark will produce and share as a result of that with some of the esteemed guests that we've been fortunate enough to have and share over both our own and, and United Soccer Coaches platforms, it's speaking to that same mission. So for me, that's why AP is important and it's what those words mean in a, in a kind of a deeper, a deeper level. Great to be with a couple of leaders of Beyond Pulse, Mark Wilson and Tom Shields. Mark, we already mentioned your great spell with Man U. You're also a UEFA A licensed coach. You've had the privilege of working under and learning from coaches and managers such as the legendary Sir Alex Ferguson, the late Eric Harrison, Steve McLaren, Mike Phelan, Brian Kidd. The list goes on. Having traveled to visit over 100 youth clubs across the entire USA and Canada as part of your role of creating and understanding of why Beyond Pulse exists for soccer clubs, your perception of the current strengths and weaknesses of the youth soccer culture in the USA. Now, this was done, obviously, before you started Beyond Pulse, but what did you learn from that experience? I really learned that we had a, a big responsibility if we're going to enter this space to really, really contribute and impact every stakeholder, whether that's a director of coaching, a coach, a parent, a player. It really dawned on me that we had to get this right. And along the way, we've made mistakes, we've failed, but we've listened. A key element of our growth and success has been listening to our clubs and our stakeholders. And it was very evident to me that a lot of the perspective 
was very qualitative and subjective on, well, how do we know we're progressing as a club? How do we know we're sticking to the philosophy and methodology that is on our website and that we're making sure paying customers and parents and players and even our staff are getting the experience that we profess and show on our website and in, and in how we speak to others. And I think Johan Croy famously said, before you can coach others, you have to learn to coach yourself. What a wonderful, wonderful statement and, and from a very humble man. When you think about that statement in itself, the self-reflection piece of how you grow and develop has to be at the core of your development. So Beyond Pulse can help bring that perspective, can help bring that process, if you like, and create that habit of when I walk away from practice, when I walk away from the game, the first place I'm looking is inwardly to get a real genuine perspective of how I impacted my environment. Then you can go into some of the other metrics and, and players can start to use some of the other metrics to quantify how they felt, apply that feeling to a number and really start to get a baseline on their growth and development within that club. Well said, Mark. And Tom, as we said already, you're one of the foremost youth coaches and coach educators in the country. In addition to this role, you spent time with Rutgers, which I get to call some of their games on the Big Ten Network. You've been a national staff coach for U.S. Club Soccer's Boys ID2 program and the Boys Director of Coaching for STA Academy. How do all of those different roles help you in your role as Global Director of Club Development and Coach Education at Beyond Pulse? I think, Dean, what I try very consciously to do is learn from all of those very fortunate experiences that I found myself exposed to and try to honestly em embrace the conversations that we have with friends and, and prospective partners across the, the country with, with a degree of empathy towards what they're dealing with. As a tool, as a, as a product, we were designed to support technical leads and club directors in, in achieving the type of cultural change that, that Mark's just referenced. And you know, the cultural clarity in, in terms of what we see on a field. I live and breathe that every day because it's, it's, the, it's the hat that I wear. So being able to, to share in the challenges, being able to, to understand some of the barriers that we have to overcome as youth coaches and, and youth clubs in the US, just simply with the, the logistical side of, of what we do, the fact that we have sessions that, are, that go on back to back and back again the fact that you know directors of coaching maybe have to coach teams as well so so aren't able to support their, their staff as often as they would like in person what it does is it allows me to to kind of just en engage in conversations with them understanding truly where they're coming from because i think as a collective we've probably experienced it myself obviously you referenced at the start that, that mark has also been a doc so we can share in the concerns and the challenges the other side is obviously Dean, the, the collegiate piece and, and the fortunate position that I'm in with, with the, the ID2 program is that we see what the best and brightest look like and we understand what pushes the buttons of, of those players and the intrigue and the, the curiosity that they have towards self-improvement and development. I think it's a, it's a call to action if we want to truly raise the game, the level of the game in the US, that products like ours can, can help coaches and, and clubs better support those kids because ultimately they're getting it at the next level which is where they aspire for their players to, to progress on to so being able to kind of share in and and perhaps enlighten some of the the clubs that we work with about what what that next level looks like is is obviously quite useful well make no mistake i'm beyond excited to learn about beyond pulse a new partner and we're now doing this podcast every week and our audience is booming as you know there's more than twenty thousand members the numbers on the podcast have been off the chart. 
if somebody joined this late, as we wrap it up, Mark, I like to dumb it down because usually that's about my level. You guys are way up here. I'm way down here. I want you to come down here with me if you can, Mark. And if someone's just tuning in and they hear me talking to Mark Wilson and Tom Shields about Beyond Pulse and AP and all these other words, what's your best way? And we'll start with you, Mark, and I want you to do the same, Tom. The best way to tell people what Beyond Pulse does, what AP means, what you're all about. For me, Beyond Pulse, and for us as a company, Beyond Pulse brings a better understanding for coaches and how they develop, create, control their environment, which in turn should provide the best possible experience for their players and put them at the center of the learning journey. It's app-based, it's a heart rate monitor. A coach can simply hit start to connect the belts, put his phone away, players can practice, and he hits stop at the end of practice to gather that data, which he can immediately look at and self-reflect upon to see, hey, did I hit my targets? Did all of my players enjoy my practice? What questions do I need to, to ask the players who maybe were a little disengaged and how do I start to plan and prepare for my next session? That's the very, very simple way we believe Beyond Pulse can be utilized by any, any level of coach and any club who just wants a little bit more of a quantitative value and understanding of how their coaches and their club impacts the players and even the parents in terms of their experience. Tom? Dean, for me, Beyond Pulse helps every coach walk their talk. So Mark referenced earlier, one of the challenges is, is perhaps a little bit of a, a disconnect between what we see on the fields and, and what maybe we're, we're asking or expecting to be seen. And, and for me, as a coach, we ask our players to go and invest time in, in getting better and becoming the best version of themselves. Beyond Pulse is a, is a tool that provides the immediate, simple opportunity for coaches to do exactly the same thing. The power of the objective data means that they can reflect on the quality of their practices and can embrace the challenge of being the best coach possible for their players. They can use that to influence decisions. They can use it to influence how they plan and prepare for the next session, the choices that they make within the next session that they deliver. And ultimately, the, the hope there is that better coaches create better players. And that's a, it's a cute tagline that we have. Again, we're, we're there to, to help support their development in every, every step of their journey, driven by the mission of keeping players in the game for as long as possible and obviously raising the, the quality of, of the youth soccer player and the youth soccer experience in the U.S. All right, to end, I want to do two S's. I want to sell and share. The selling part, I think, needs to go to the co-founder, Mark Wilson. That is, who's your audience? Where can they find you? How can they get what you're offering? Sell for us, Mark Wilson. You can find us is at www.beyondpulse.com. We are going through a website transformation at the moment. So it's probably best if you if you come back and visit us in maybe seven days. But in the meantime, you will get enough information on what we do and, and how we do it. Our product is for everybody who is involved in youth sports, not just in soccer. This is soccer specific. But if you want to enhance your experience as a player, and be able to use wearable technology with some very, very easy to understand metrics that can really help guide your development and performance. For a player, we are a very, and I would argue the simplest form of wearable tech as a coach education product on the market. And for coaches, if you want to learn how to 
self-reflect and look a little bit differently at your process and create some new habits, then Beyond Pulse is certainly for you and it's very easy to, to get started with. If you just come and visit us at our website or you can reach out to myself, mwilson at beyondpulse.com and I'll be happy to take you through a full presentation. Beyond Pulse on every social media channel as well. All right, Beyond Pulse on every social media channel. So the final thing we'll be sharing Tom, as you know, unprecedented times, the pandemic, social injustice beyond the likes that we've seen. What is your message to everybody listening as we try to get through all of this and rise up? Yeah, I think it's stay true to to why we do what we do. I think in the coaching community, the characteristic that that a lot of us share is the the love of helping and the love of selflessness, giving giving time, giving your energy, your passion for the betterment of, of others, whether that's just simply the players or the, the broader community that you impact as a result. And I think in times like this, where we are faced with a, a degree of hardship that perhaps you know many of, of us haven't borne witness to, it's super important to keep those values at, at the core of everything that we do and just appreciate the great opportunities that the game has given many of us that are still in it and be prepared to give back in any way that we possibly can. I know why they put me on a podcast. I will say you guys are way too good looking to just be on a podcast at some time. We'll have to get you on a webinar. Thanks for being a partner of United Soccer Coaches. Thanks for what you do for Beyond Pulse. One more time, Mark Wilson, that website, please www.beyondpulse.com and we can also be found on Twitter and Instagram under Beyond Pulse. Mark Wilson, Tom Shields, it's great to finally meet both of you. Thanks for all you're doing and best of luck in the future. Thank you so much, Dean. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Mark and Tom, outstanding. Beyond Pulse, outstanding. Coaches everywhere using it and it's working. Coming up, a couple visits with two more members of our current 30 under 30 United Soccer Coaches class. Stay with us. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Pep. Another great show as we cover all things soccer. And we get back to diving in and meeting the great folks of our 30 under 30 class, and that includes Sarah Brink, is the assistant women's soccer coach at Trinity. And she actually played at Williams College, D3, same conference as well. Of course, Williams College of late has been a powerhouse. We'll get into that. But first, let's welcome Sarah Brink. Welcome, Sarah. Yeah, thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we want to get to know you, and if you've listened to these interviews, one of the early questions I like to get out there is, what was the reason you wanted to apply to be a part of this 30 under 30 class, Sarah? The coach I work for now, Rachel Schrader, she had kind of mentioned it as an opportunity, and I know a couple other people who I definitely have kind of admired in the coaching world, the Amherst women's assistant, Sudo Garcia, and they had done it and, and had spoken highly of the program and just said that it provided some really good opportunities for mentorship and just kind of extra learning. And so I just kind of thought I would throw it out there. I knew sometimes it took a couple times to apply, but I was kind of just lucky to get it on my first try and have been really grateful kind of for this opportunity. 
just a few days removed from Father's Day, which you were kind enough to tell me before we came on the air that uh, because of the pandemic, you were back home quite a bit, but now you were <laughs> yeah. your way back to Trinity. Before we walk up to your college time and impressive career at Williams College, just give us a little background about where you grew up, brothers and sisters, how you got into soccer, your youth club, all the good stuff, Sarah. Yeah, for sure. So I actually grew up in the same town that Williams is in, so Williamstown, Massachusetts. We are outside all the time as kids and really active, and my dad actually played soccer in college, so we kind of just started at the youth levels, so four or five years old, and I loved it. I played basketball also, so I loved both those sports, but soccer was kind of the one that I really focused on. My dad was pretty amazing and kind of always took me out to the kicking wall, and he would play one-on-one with me really until his, you know, (laughs) hamstrings stopped allowing that. So I had a brother and a sister, and both of them were also really active, played soccer, played a bunch of sports. Just got involved by, you know, being from Williamstown, a smaller town, smaller area. I wasn't really near any of the bigger clubs, and also didn't really want to travel super far because, you know, my academics were also really important. So I kind of just did whatever I could to get better both on my own. I practiced with a guy's team to kind of help. And so just played on some smaller clubs and played a lot by myself and was lucky to be around Williams growing up and watched a ton of their games. So kind of fell in love with that program from when I was young. So got really kind of just lucky. And Michelin was the coach at Williams was my mentor and coached me. And so had seen to play. And so then I ended up at Williams, which was awesome. Well, of course, Sarah Blink graduated from Williams College in 2015 with a bachelor's degree in psychology and was a four-year member of the F Women's Soccer Squad. While a student athlete at Williams, she was part of teams that reached the Division Three Elite Eight in 2011, Sweet 16 in 2013, and the final in 2014. And then you saw your teammates win that championship the next year, and they started winning more. What has that meant to you, knowing that I know – Michelin has moved on, but that had to be pretty cool for you, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. I was really, really lucky to play with some just amazing players and people who were younger than me and those in my grade. And I think my class worked really hard to help. The program was already pretty good when we got there, but we worked hard to try and get to that next level because we really believed we could. And we got lucky that some of the players both in our class and, and below us were pretty outstanding and so I was just incredibly happy for them after they won once we had graduated and of course I mean Michelin is kind of just on a whole nother level in terms of who she is as a coach and as a person and so I was immensely happy for her as well because she obviously you know deserved every bit of success that ended up coming her way it was really cool pretty lucky yeah that's so well said we've had Michelin on the program several times and you can just tell she oozes wisdom and compassion and cares about her team so much. You obviously care about your education because you also got a master's degree in May of 2017 in speech language pathology from Boston University's College of Health and Rehabilitation Sciences. Talk about your educational path. What made you want to get that master's, Sarah? My senior year at Williams, I was kind of grappling with what to do. I loved soccer so much, and I did think I I wanted to be a coach. But um, at the time, I kind of was feeling unsure if soccer was academic enough at the time. And this is not at all a thought I have anymore, but a 22-year-old about to graduate wasn't sure if it was the right path for me. So 
I kind of got on the speech language pathology path after having had a couple internships that exposed me to it and went that route. And speech language pathology is an amazing, wonderful field. But ultimately, I, after kind of a year of being a speech language pathologist, I had been working kind of in the high school soccer scene. I just realized I missed soccer so much, and there was so much more to coaching than I kind of thought when I was about to graduate from college. I knew I needed to be back in it. Michelin brought me on kind of for the 2018 season, and I kind of was like, yes, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I love to do, and I just love all aspects of it, and I don't believe anymore that it isn't academic enough. I, I think coaching, there's so much more to it than just X's and O's. So that's kind of how I got to where I'm at now. One of the questions I also like to ask, which I realize isn't that easy, but because you took this path and mm-hmm. I respect your answer on getting that master's and your love for soccer kind of pulling you back and now you're coaching, where do you want to be in five, ten years from now, Sarah? Do you want to be a head coach somewhere in the college level or what are your plans? Yeah, definitely. Definitely think my plan is to be a head coach, hopefully, you know, in the next five years. So I'm trying to do everything I can to put myself in a position to be there. I would really be happy with any level, but my kind of goal would definitely be to stay in the D3 team. So hopefully one day. <laughs> All right. Before we get your final thoughts on what it's been like being part of this 30 under 30 class, I want to go back to what you said about your dad. You said he played in college. What's his name and where did he play? My dad's name is John Frank. And then he played at a, a D3 school in Pennsylvania, uh, Franklin and Marshall College in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. How about that? You know, my wife is a graduate of Franklin and Marshall. That's a small oh, really? world. I wonder, wonder what year he graduated. This was going to age. Yeah. Real there. Do you know what year he graduated from FNM? Yeah. So he, I think, I want to say was 86. And my mom also went there and so did my sister. So we're big Franklin and Marshall family. <laughs> in my office here, I have a Franklin and Marshall chair sitting right behind me. So give your dad my best there. My wife graduated in 90, so just as he was leaving, okay. um, she was arriving on the scene. So thankfully, we don't have to dread any stories there, if you know what I mean, Sarah. <laughs> 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 Indeed. All right, back to uh, real life, the 30 Under 30 program. What has been the best part of it? What do you enjoy about being not only part of the 30 Under 30, but being part of the United Soccer Coaches? Yeah, first off, I was really lucky to – my mentor, Casey Brown, who was the Holy Cross head coach and is now uh, just got hired as the uh, University of Pennsylvania coaching job. Really lucky to meet her when we first kind of got everything going. I know I talked to her a lot, and um, she's, it was just awesome to connect with someone who was so, so passionate about the game and also really passionate about developing people and, and students. Um, and it, it just felt cool to see someone who I felt like aligned with my values and was just totally in support of me, even though she had just met me. So that's been a really cool part. And really, I just, just being able to talk to people who are so passionate about the game and you have things in common with has been really great. And 30 Under 30 is wonderful, just giving access to learning opportunities all over the place. It's, you know, been a little different in the pandemic with things getting canceled, but that's, I think, one of the awesome things about this program is, you know, learning opportunities they might not otherwise have access to because some costs money and just giving that access and kind of helping to give us a boost in the in the coaching world um, is really great. Definitely grateful. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that good things happen to good people, and it is not surprising at all that you get linked up with Casey Brown, who, in my opinion, 
is the first ever 30 under 30 member. I know there was 30 in that class, but she was kind of the spokesperson for that entire class and really a spokesperson since I called her games as part of the NSCAA Game of the Week on Fox Soccer. And then United Soccer Coaches hired her to do videos as part of the NSCAA TV before we changed the name to United Soccer Coaches. She epitomizes integrity and the right way to carry yourself, wouldn't you say? Uh, oh, absolutely. And I, again, I, I only recently met her kind of in January, but I look up to her so much and definitely kind of want to be like her one day. She definitely does, for sure. All right. As we sign off, Sarah Brink, we've learned a lot about you, particularly your soccer path. I do like learning that you played a little bit of hoops. I love that sport as well. <laughs> but what is, yeah, what is something off the soccer field that people should know about you, Sarah? Love being outside and and will do anything to be outside. You know, I love biking and being with my family. That's pretty much pretty much it. I you know anything active I want to be doing. That's me pretty much. All right, Sarah Brink. Sarah, great to get to know you. Thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. She was great, and Micah Collins is great. I crossed paths with Micah as he was at Michigan State. Did a lot of Michigan State games, enjoyed him then. Now he is working with the Philadelphia Union Youth Program's Micah Collins, another 30 under 30 member after this message. United Soccer Coaches is proud to announce that Verizon has signed a multi-year partnership that will make the technology giant the official innovation, wireless technology, and 5G partner of the association. Verizon will become the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches College and High School Rankings as well as, quote, from the training ground, end quote, weekly educational email toolkit curated by the United Soccer Coaches Education Department. Verizon's support of United Soccer Coaches will allow the association to continue its mission of providing programs and services that enhance, encourage, and contribute to the development and recognition of soccer coaches, their players, and the game we love through the pillars of advocacy, education, and service. Thank you, Verizon, the newest partner of United Soccer Coaches. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. You know how much I love getting to know the members of our 30 under 30 class, 15 women, 15 men under the age of 30, accomplishing great things around the love and passion of the game of soccer. And I love it when we get connected, that six degrees of separation. might only be three degrees here as we welcome in Micah Collins, who is the Director for the Philadelphia Union Youth Program, and Micah Collins actually spent four years at Penn State. Of course, you all know I've been the longtime voice of Big Ten Network Soccer, and he also spent time at Michigan State as a coach and then Tennessee Soccer Club, and now he's at Philadelphia Union. And, Micah, before I introduce you, I'm going to read what you have on your LinkedIn page because it is on point. This is what Micah says about himself and about soccer. He says, soccer is a universal language with the ability to connect all people worldwide, and coaching soccer is my calling. As coaches, we are called to serve, putting others before ourselves as leaders, and soccer is our conduit to give. My heart is for people, and my method to give is through the game. And given our platform in sports, we must use our competition to bring positive change and love to our world. Competition defined as striving to be your best while bringing out the best in others, and I compete to coach at the highest level, hoping to bring out the best in all throughout the journey. 
Micah, I compliment you on those words, and I thank you for letting me share them. And I will say, having met you, particularly during your time at Michigan State, I know you mean it. That's how you believe in all that, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I love getting back. You know, it's the game that helped mold me as a person. All right. Well, part of that molding was you went to, after one year at Villanova, you went to Penn State, and you mentioned Andrew Wolverton, big-time goalkeeper. So you weren't always out there with the full team, but you showed up to practice every day. Sometimes that's not easy, being the number two or number three goalkeeper. Talk about how you accepted that role, because that's an important role. Yeah, it was um, different, for sure. I'm, when you go to college, you, you're kind of the the man when you go there and then you meet a bunch of other guys who are coming from the same situation um they're all in their in their previous environment they were you know the top guy or all that so it's definitely um a change and it's just a very high level environment when you go there so that that adjustment was definitely tough but you know I think that's something I learned from my my parents just to continue working hard and you know it didn't pay off for me in college at um you know Penn State where I played four years but I think that helped me learn lessons, you know, after I got out of college. It's been paying off putting the work after, you know, in the coaching world and all that stuff, like, you know, just working up my way up the ladder and all that. Being that, that role player, that, that bench player, and having to build up the players in front of you, it's helped me feel for other players, especially when I got into college coaching. Of, you know, there's 28 guys on the roster. Sometimes you know, when I was coaching the women's game at Michigan State, there's 36 girls on the roster, and two-thirds of the, the girls or two-thirds of the guys aren't even playing. So it helps you really feel for them, and I think it's so important to have the whole team bought in. And I think the most successful teams you see are the are the teams that have that culture, and everyone's bought in to the team, not just the 11 or the 15 that are getting solid minutes throughout the game, throughout the season. Wow, how about this young man? It sounds like he's 60 years old. He's got to figure it out already. That's well said, Mike. Uh, as we... Look at your past. First off, remind me, were you under Smiling Bob Warming or Barry Gorman or a combo? Yeah. So I played clubs for a team called SC Delco out of Philly, SC Delco Hammerheads. Great experiences with that team. My top two schools were Villanova and Penn State. With the, the Penn State staff at the time was Barry Gorman. He was the head coach. and But I decided to go to Villanova for my first year. Halfway through, I think, I just decided, I remember having a conversation with my parents. I'm like, I think... Because my whole family went to Penn State. My um, sister went there. She did Air Force ROTC. And my parents, my dad played soccer there. He played under Walter Barr. And my mom played basketball under Rene Portman. They ended up meeting at Penn State. So we've been, we're like that typical, like, Penn State family. Kind of after a year of there, I decided I want to go to Penn State. And even if, you know, I don't get money to go, I just, I, I really wanted that experience there. So at my year of transferring, so the year I went to Penn State, is the year that Bob Warren came in. So, and I was definitely blessed uh, that he kept me. You know, there, any, any coach would be, you know, you see it a lot where coaches decide to bring in their own people and their own recruits and stuff. So he kept me, so I'm definitely thankful for that. Well, indeed, and he's dedicated his life to coaching and also helping young men and women, you know, go up the coaching tree. He's still doing that to this day. So clearly sometime during your time at Penn State and, with your studies, you decided you want to be a coach because right after graduation, you were already an assistant coach or a head coach, I think, for a middle school in Dallastown, PA, and then you went to Susquehannock High School where you're assistant coach for the varsity team, and then you found yourself to the Eastern 
Pennsylvania ODP. So when did you know you wanted to be a coach? Yeah, so going into my redshirt senior year at Penn State, so it was summer of 2013, I remember. I remember one time when I was in high school, a kid came back. His name was Matt Dorsey. He played at Messiah. He came back and helped us run summer sessions and stuff for us, and I really thought that was, like, so cool of him to do that, to, um, to you know, help us. He didn't even have to do it, just volunteer his time. So that was kind of something I wanted to do, and that summer, the the head coach for Susky, for Susquehanna, um, left, so they were between coaches. So I'm like, all right, this is a perfect opportunity I can come, you know, help out, give back. And that kind of set the tone for me. I just remember – you know, as a player, you're working to improve yourself. And, you know, after a season or after, you know, a lot of years, you see yourself get better. But then I remember that feeling of, like, after the end of the summer and seeing these 30 kids between the JV and varsity programs, they all got better because of my influence. And it was just, like, a really cool feeling. I'm like, wow, I have the, I have the power to influence 30 people and not just myself. So that kind of planted the seed. I was still at the point where I was studying engineering at Penn State, and I was like, there's no way I'm getting into coaching. It's just way too much work for too little money. So I wasn't fully convinced to be a coach then, but eventually after college, I took that middle school job with Dallas Town, and that just uh, – I was still, like, job searching. I was just between jobs. I was living at home. I didn't know what I wanted to do because coaching, you know, was so much fun, but I'm like, this, I can't make a career out of this. But I kept going back to it. So I, I did, took a Dallas Sun job to make some money. Um, I coached club. I did, you know, uh, ODP, stuff like that. And eventually I just gave in. I'm like, all right, I've, I've been putting off engineering jobs and all this for too long. I just need to go fully into coaching. And that's when I took the GA job at Greenville, Illinois, which is in, or Greenville College, which is in Greenville, Illinois, D3 school and moved away from home for the first time. So and that's kind of when my coaching journey started, at least college coaching. Yeah, after you spent a little bit of time at a premier club, St. Louis, Scott Gallagher, then you go to Greenville University and then assistant coach for FC Kansas City for the Academy Girls, and then the mm-hmm. head soccer coach for Granville Senior High School. You spent time at Tennessee Soccer Club, which we love. Stuart Brown has been on this program before, and you're a goalkeeper coach there. Then you end up uh, staying in Nashville at Belmont University, and then you go to Cap City Athletic, and then... We get reconnected because you joined Damon Rensing at Michigan State. I think you might have been working with a women's team as well for the mm-hmm. Spartans. And, of course, uh, I've caught a lot of games in East Lansing, and that's when we finally got to get reconnected, right? Yeah. we. I forget who we were playing. Was uh, was it Maryland that you're in for? Was it, was it, it was a super sloppy. I know when we played Maryland this year, it was super sloppy, um, wet. I'm not sure if you called that one, but I remember you were in and we went to Brody. And, and we all hung out that afternoon. That was, that was a lot of fun. Well, and you told me, and I don't totally remember this just because, uh, there's a lot of games and unlike you, I got 30 plus years on you, mm-hmm. you know, so the mar, the marbles are getting a little rusty, but I guess I actually told you that you should go for this. Yeah, I was talking, I was in the application, like I was putting together my application for 30 and a 30 and you came and we were there talking and yeah, you, you told me definitely go for it. So definitely appreciate that. Yeah, so what has it meant to be a part of this 30 under 30 program? What's been the most uplifting part of it for you, Micah? I mean, it's been awesome to get, I took my advanced national goalkeeping diploma to get that free of charge and just meet. I love all those courses. You get, you get to meet, I mean, you learn new things and you just meet so many new people. You realize it's such a small world. You connect people, everyone knows everybody and it's so cool. 
and it's fun meeting people from different cultures. I remember my roommate when I was down at the Advanced National Goalkeeping, he was from Lebanon originally, just to hear his story one night of like where he's come from. And it's just crazy. It really goes back to that. Just soccer is a universal language. And, and um, that, that stuff continues to drive me. And then also I, I, I was fortunate enough to get Shella Timon as my mentor, who's just a big name in soccer, and he's currently um, the head coach at GCU Men's. And just being able to connect with him and talk to him and hear his story has been been amazing. We're here with Micah Collins, now a director for Philadelphia Union Youth. And as you know, Micah, when you ask folks that know soccer throughout the country to break down the youth programs for MLS teams, Philadelphia gets high marks. How did you get that job, and how are you enjoying it? I spent two seasons at Michigan State, and I just decided it was it was a good timing to move on, to start looking for new things. So I've been – once I moved away to Illinois, to Greenville University, I'd been kind of moving around places for five years or so, and I was like, all right, it would be great to be able to just move home and be able to find something. And it worked out that I moved all my stuff home, and I was applying. I, was, I really wanted to get into the pro game. And I was sending out my resume to everyone, and it just so happened that the the technical director with the union youth, we took the B course together. So I knew him, he knew me, and it, it was just a perfect scenario to stay close to home. Philly's about two hours from my hometown, so that that's kind of how I got connected with with them. All right, great. Well, obviously, I'm sure as you know. These kids want to get back on the field and get going and get everything back to normal. What has been your message to them about, you know, kind of keeping the faith or perhaps words of inspiration to close with, Micah? How do you keep their their mentality up? Yeah, it's tough. As coaches, we're anxious to get on the field, too. It's, it's different doing virtual training sessions, and you just you feel like a lack of connection when, it, when, it's, through the, when it's through the phone. So you're, you're trying to do everything, you know, you can to make it, make it realistic and make it game-like or train-like. I think what I do, I try to tell the kids to be creative in, in your environment. So I've been really preaching, this is an opportunity to, some people are going to use this opportunity to grow as players, and some are just going to sit around and, and not do anything. So I also like to think of kids in, you know, other countries. I think of kids in Brazil where they go out and they play on the streets, they use what's around them to get better. They they find a wall, they find all these things, and they're creative. And, and their game, you see it in their game and their style. Everything's creative. We're here sometimes in in America. We're too a little too structured, um, which which is a good thing for you know to have structure. But the players I've talked to, I've, I've talked a lot about just go out, find something around you, find a wall, find trash cans, find something, and just be creative and use this time to grow because this is a great opportunity to just take strides ahead of ahead of those who are around you you are wise beyond your years including your message on your linkedin page which i appreciate you let me share with everybody that moved me and i can tell that uh, you're trying to find your way and you're a member of the 30 under 30 good things are going to happen to you micah collins for sure thanks so much for being part of the 30 under 30 and also for being on the united soccer coaches podcast presented by team snap Dean, it was great to connect with you during Big Ten time, and it's great to be back and reconnect with you again. I want to thank you, Micah, and thank all of our guests. I also want to thank Sean Chevro, Mike Knipper, and all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches. For each and every one of you, we'll see you same time, same channel next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap.